0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
2: On this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast show, we sit down with Chris Broussard. Yeah, the man. Can the Lakers repeat as champions? Who team has a better chance of going to the playoffs? My Atlanta Hawks or tons Sorry, Knicks. Last but not least, Chris Broussard is the epitome when it comes to a man of faith. Make sure you hear and understand when he goes into his knowledge, inspiration, and nurture through God movement. The King Foundation. Stay tuned. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. Yes, I am your host, Takio Spikes, and I got to bring up my partner, man. Like, most people call him two, but where what, what you at, two? What's happening?
0: Right here. Here's your favorite plus-size model, two-ton rays in the building.
2: Plus-size model, man. W- what's good? My brother, you doing all right?
0: Another day in paradise, you know what I'm saying? Living life as we should.
2: Yeah, 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 as we should. I, I saw you getting a workout in a few days ago, but... You know, you were in the gym shooting the little hoops and everything. But everybody knows that clearly I'm the best athlete out of the crew.
0: Come on, man. Pound for pound, I got you covered, bro. Pound for pound. I weigh a lot more than you. So, you know, we know what it is. I talk
2: better basketball than you. I play better basketball than you. But one thing that I think we both can agree on is this. Since we're not the experts talking about the ball, We figure we'll bring on our next guest and let him chop it up. What you say about that?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: Listen, man, I want everybody to give it up, man, for Fox Sports One analyst and commentator and a hell of a radio host. And y'all give it up for my guy, Chris Bussard.
1: (laughs) 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 What's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? Everything is good. I know both of y'all are great athletes. I heard your your commentary a minute ago, but I'm going to suggest that y'all stay out of the boxing ring. (laughs) I don't care how how many athletes you are. Just just promise me. Promise me you're going to stay out of the boxing ring. That's all I'm saying. Listen, man. (laughs) Listen, man. Because Nate Robinson is an awesome athlete, right? But hey, you don't need to mess with boxing if you ain't trained, you know?
0: Listen, I don't know if you saw, but I actually, we went to Cuba a few years back for my birthday, and I stepped in a boxing ring, man. Spice gassed me up to, to get in the ring, and it didn't end so
2: well. So, yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah, Before no. he knew it, he did got you punched fight in the did face you know? three times.
1: <laughs> you, you know, bro. and I think most people don't know, you know, because you think if you're a tough guy, you can fight. Yeah. You think you can step in there with pros, but man, they it's just it's just different. It's like taking a great athlete and putting him on the football field and thinking this it's gonna automatically transfer. You know, it, it doesn't mean you're gonna be great. So yeah, man, I uh I hear y'all on that. Bottom line see? is this, bro. Like we can play a lot
2: of things, and I've heard somebody else say this, but you can't play boxing.
1: That's one thing <laughs> that you can't play. Right. <laughs> so
2: hey, you right about that, her, baby. I ain't I ain't stepping in that ring. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just hope because I've heard people say that, and Nate, what happened to him last what, two weeks ago, whatever it was now, that that's going to override his whole basketball career, the dunk mm. contest and everything. And some people saying that's what he's going to be known for more than his his nice basketball career which would be a shame so hopefully that's not the case but
2: the NFL season is in full swing you might not be at the game this year but you still can be in on the action at bet online from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there's always the online casino as well It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook
1: experts. A lot of people have that picture etched in their minds of him laying flat on the canvas, you know? Oh, yeah, for real, bro. Like, for real. And it's similar to the same
2: thing with the pandemic that's going on. Everybody is always going to remember the past season, NBA season in particular, when you look at the Lakers being ended up being able to win another championship. And now you look at the short turnaround. They're about to get ready to get started back up. You know, for me, I'm like, I love basketball season ticket holder for the Atlanta Hawks. But like, I want to ask you firsthand, what type of strategies need to be put in place to ensure that guys really don't burn out, especially the ones who were left in the bubble towards the end, because technically they've only had, what, maybe three months off
1: completely? Right, right. It's a little less, yeah, than usual for sure, especially for the Lakers and uh, the Miami Heat who went to the finals. But, you know, obviously it won't impact the guys that haven't played. They actually have been sitting out much longer than normal, the guys that didn't make it to the bubble. So for them, obviously they'll be fresh, but, you know, look, you're going to see some of the players, particularly the stars, sitting out some games. Now, the NBA's instituted where they'll fine teams $100,000 if they sit out a nationally televised game, if supers like LeBron or Kawhi Leonard or somebody sits out a national TV game. But for regular games, I think you're going to see some stars, especially early on, sitting out and relaxing. We just saw – neither LeBron or Anthony Davis is likely to play in their first preseason game. And that could be for most of the preseason, I would think. So guys will be taking rest, which I got no problem with. Um, You know, the NBA's done some things with the schedule. So if you travel, let's say the Lakers go play Golden State. I I don't know if this is the exact team, but there'll be series like in baseball. Mm -hmm. So you'll stay Mm -hmm. in a place and play the team you know, maybe two times since you're there to cut down on the travel. Uh, And, you know, teams will play teams in their geographic area a little bit more than usual. So the NBA is putting those things in place. And I think, look, mental health is going to be important because, um, you, you know, you have to keep abreast of where these guys are mentally, how they're dealing with the season and everything that's going on. And the NBA is more open to that now. Ever since Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan and and even Paul George in the bubble talked about struggling with mental health, teams are taking it more seriously. So I'm sure most of them, if not all of them, will have kind of mental health experts that are ready to talk to the players whenever they feel it's necessary. So, you know, I I think the NBA will be prepared to do what they can. There's going to be some – Bumps in the road, like we've seen in the NFL and college sports where, you know, I, I you don't know if ga- games may be postponed or things like that. Uh, but I think they're just going to grind through it as best they can. Like these other sports have.
0: And a lot of, and you talked about the NFL, how I think we're going to have a, a game being played every game of the week for the first time in NFL history. And For guys in the NBA, though, they're used to the back-to-back games. But you talked about having those breaks. And Pop made it uh, famous a a few years back with the load management and and not letting Tim Duncan play and Manu play and and, and Tony Parker, etc. But now you got these guys that are really going to go out there. Is there going to be, like, some sort of pushback against not seeing a LeBron James play? I know he comes to Atlanta and when, you know, it's a different conference, he don't play. People are paying – fans are paying their money and they want to see him out there. So what kind of pushback will the league get for that when, when superstars do sit out?
1: Yeah, I generally don't like load management. You know, it's one thing if, you know, when there's a week left in the season, a guy may take off two or three games to get ready for the playoffs. That's that's fine. I think everybody understands that. But to the degree that, like, Kawhi Leonard has been doing it and, and a few other players, it's not good. It just simply isn't. And if the players can't play 82 games, then maybe they should lessen the schedule. You know, play 72. They're playing 72 this year because of the late start but you know the thing is the players want 82 game money and but they don't want to play 82 games you know so it's a it's a challenge um, like I said right now the NBA is gonna punish teams if a guy sits out a national TV game but you know dudes will do it during games that aren't on national TV and I will say I would give them a kind of a pass this year because it's such a short turnaround because of the pandemic. But overall, I don't like load management. So when we get back to normalcy, um, I, I just think it's something teams and players should try to avoid as best they can.
2: Hey, and, and with saying that, what, training camp started, what, about a few weeks ago, a lot of guys reporting but well, 48 cases or 48 guys, however you want to look at it, came into camp with COVID. And I know they kind of anticipated that, knowing that everybody came from different places any chance that the season may even be pushed back even further just due to the unfortunate circumstances of guys having that COVID?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, anything could happen in a situation like this, but the NBA is playing in full steam ahead. Just like, you know, the NFL has to push through it in college football and basketball, they're planning to work through it. I'll tell you what, though, the 48 test, as you said, it shows you the difference between the bubble and just being out here in, in, you know, regular society, because obviously they didn't have any cases of COVID in the bubble, but now you've got, you know, it was, it's, you know, about 500 some odd players that were tested and 48 of them had COVID. So you're going to see more tests. You, you may see stars and certainly players sitting out some games here and there. You just hope that, that when it gets to the biggest parts of the season, right? The playoffs, Can you imagine, like we just saw Lamar Jackson, you know, come down with COVID and miss a game. Can you imagine if that happened in the playoffs? Oh, You know, and and that's where you – so you can handle guys missing a few regular season games. Even, you know, a guy may miss two or three weeks in the NBA if they need to, but you just hope that none of the playoff games or series are decided by a guy coming down with COVID. If it happens, you just have to play through it And the guy can't play and you got to treat it like an injury, you know, but hopefully that that's not the case.
0: And do you think that the NBA will go back to a bubble like uh, atmosphere when it comes to the playoffs?
1: No, now that's the, I guess it's always a possibility, but I would say, no, that's not the plan because I give the players tons of credit and the coaches for sticking it out through that bubble. What was it? Almost a hundred days, most of them away from their family and stuff But the players don't want to experience that again. You know, they don't want to go into a bubble like that. So they're going to try to avoid it at all costs. And, yeah, if it gets to a point where they just have no choice, that's one thing. But I, I don't see them going back to a bubble. I've read something from a
2: precautionary measure. You know, when you talk about the NBA, they think of everything. And I like the idea of, like, how proactive that they really are. You know, one thing that came to mind, they were looking at ways to find other alternatives to keep guys from burning out. And then also in conjunction with that, you look at, God forbid, that a team may come down with it and they play another team. And so I saw something or I read something somewhere where it talked about maybe after X amount of games have been played or depending on how the health is of the NBA as far as players, Maybe they will implement maybe like a two week time off period. Now, me personally, I'm like, I'm selfish now. This is from the fans' point of view, but I get it from players se- safety and healthy. But is that something have you heard more talks about?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's open. It, you know, they've talked they're not gonna have an all-star weekend and all that, but they are talking about maybe a two week break, you know. And remember, they have not released the second half of the schedule. And they've done that to kind of leave themselves some wiggle room. So if games are canceled or postponed, they can, ha- they can make them up. Like when you don't leave yourself that wiggle room, you run into problems. We've seen that with the NFL. Now they're talking about maybe an 18th week. But you saw the problems that the Baltimore Ravens and the Steelers had because you were starting to run into the next week of games because you didn't give yourself wiggle room. You look at uh, the Big Ten in football. Now, Ohio State, they got a problem there because Ohio State's only played five games and they obviously want to get them in the Big Ten Championship. So you have to build in wiggle room for this pandemic. So I think the NBA's done a good job of that, not releasing the second half of the schedule so they can make changes if necessary. And I like the two-week thing. It's not written in stone yet, but, you know, the players will, you know, they'll want a break. You know, they already have given them that week after the All-Star weekend anyway. So I think that uh, this is a good, you know, possibility. Uh, it's it's something good to have in your back pocket where if you need to go to it, the players can get a break. Because, you know, they're jamming 72 games in uh, to a shorter time period. So players may need a break, and the NBA will give it to them if it's needed. Chris, though, I, I got to ask you, though, bro, because this is like – You know,
2: certain teams, when you play in small markets, you don't get that national notoriety. And so very rarely have I ever heard you get on TV and you talk about this team right here.
1: (laughs) So, man, I don't know the last I don't know the last time I was on national TV talking about the Hawks. I'm dead. It was probably when they were, you know, remember they won 60 games? and then met LeBron in the, fi- in the conference huh. finals and obviously got swept. But that was probably the last time I talked about the Hawks on national TV, and that was, I don't know, that was several years ago. Well,
2: we got to talk about it right now because I just need some insight. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we as the media, especially you, you're in the line of selling hope. So I need for you to sell <laughs> not only me, but the people who are true fans of the Atlanta Hawks hope. So when we look at Rondo, that addition has came to the team. And a lot of people saying, you know what? Maybe we don't need Rondo because of age. But what have you seen with the moves that they've been able to make over this previous offseason? And is there any hope that you can be able to sell?
1: Yeah, look, I I think the Hawks have had a tremendous offseason. I really do. And I think the playoffs are a possibility. The playoffs are a possibility Because I think the Hawks will be in that group. Now, you have five teams that are definitely going to be better than them. You know, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. They'll definitely be better than the Hawks. Then, you know, some people might say Indiana, uh, although they're starting over with a new coach, but Indiana and Toronto may be better than them. And then I throw Atlanta in that batch with Washington, now, Washington, I guess just got Westbrook. We'll see how that works out. But, you know, Washington, Orlando, Atlanta, I think those teams will kind of be grouped together fighting for that eighth playoff seed. So I, I like the moves they made. I'll start with Rondo because you asked about him, and I know some people are down there in Atlanta down on the deal. But, look, Rondo, I think it's a great addition because he brings championship experience. Now, he's not, you know, I'm not looking for him to play 30 minutes a night. He's going to be a backup and, but he brings, you know, he can bring championship knowledge to these young guys on this team. He can bring the knowledge of having played with superstars like LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, so on and so forth. Anthony Davis, you know, he's, his basketball IQ is tremendous. So I think he can help Trey young in that regard. So a lot of what he was signed for, was just off the court, in the locker room. Remember, he was in Chicago, and the young guys loved him. Yep. Loved him because he is a smart guy. He's a loyal guy. He's all about team. And so I think this was a good addition. Now, I'm not looking for him to average 12 points a game, you know, off the bench or anything. But if you do happen to get in the playoffs, that's when he plays his best basketball so he can help you there. I I also – I love the signing of, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich – He's a very nice player that I think people in Atlanta are going to see how good he is. Danilo Gallinari, very good player, averaged 19 points a game last year. Those guys are shooters. So what you see them doing is they're putting shooters around Trey Young. And mm. you, got, you still got John Collins, who was a 2010 guy last year, Clint Capella. Like, look, I, I don't, I, as far as hope, my hope, the hope I can sell is that they can, could make the playoffs. If they're not in the race for the playoffs, then it's a disappointment. But if they don't make it, that's not bad. If you're close, that's a step, big step in the right direction. But you always, a team like this, you want to make the playoffs. Because if you make the playoffs this year, even if you get bounced in the first round, which you would, it means going forward, the next season, now you're thinking – you know, the goal now is to get in the playoffs and do some damage. You know, maybe be, get to the second round, maybe pull off an upset. We got that experience. Whereas if they miss the playoffs this year, then next year the goal will just be to get into the playoffs. And so you can move ahead in your process by making the playoffs. So, And I give them a shot. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, 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 but I think they had a great offseason. I really do.
0: Chris, let me tell you something about my brother Spikes, right? He's talking about selling the fans hope. He really wanted you to sell him hope because they're starting to send him emails and, 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 and you know, correspondents saying, are oh, you going to be a season ticket holder again this year? So that's what—that's why he wanted the hope. Don't get me Don't get me at all. And you know I, I got to say, man, I'm disappointed because I hear you talking about Washington and all these teams. You covered the Knicks before, man. You ain't say nothing about my Knicks, brother. Oh, there you go. I'm I'm hurt, man. here's what I
1: say. Here's what I say. Now, are you from New York? I'm
0: from New York, born and bred.
1: Okay, look, I get it because I'm not (laughs) from New York, but I've been here, you know, 22 years now. And I get the Knicks love, all right? But I'm going to say this to you, honestly. Go to Brooklyn, man. Brooklyn is still New York. Brooklyn is still New York. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all that go to Brooklyn. Yeah. Spike, Spike Lee is at Brooklyn games. So now <laughs> you know you can go ahead and root for the Nets. I'm telling you, oh my the, God. Knicks, the Knicks, man. I know they have a new front office regime. And World you know, Wide they, West,
0: you know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, yeah, and, and and World Wide West, obviously, we all know his reputation yeah. and, and what he does and all that, but this ain't college. You know, I mean, I don't think – I'm not saying he can't get players. It it helps them to some degree, but it's not college. So it's not like he's – I don't think he's going to be getting players to the Knicks like he did to Kentucky, you know, because it just doesn't work that way in the NBA. So I think Wes is fine. Um, I think he helps their brand a little bit. But the Knicks, man, it's they just – man. Go to Brooklyn. (laughs) Go to Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, I know you big up Biggie and all the rappers from Brooklyn. Go ahead and do the team. You can't. So
0: I I was born in Brooklyn, but we didn't have a team, and it was the it was the uh, it was the you know New Jersey Nets back then. So we were Knicks fans. And you, as a New York native, you can't jump ship. That's. That's Turncoat, you can't do that. I can't you even go to the, time to the
2: You were born in Brooklyn too.
1: Right. you didn't Why have a team back then, it? though. Who was going to do? You nah, like, nah. you can definitely rock it. Being from Brooklyn sure. man,
0: Listen, man, we talk about Brooklyn, man. <laughs> see some of the back and forth with the media right now with, with Kyrie and LeBron. Um, they were able to win a championship together, but for me, I'm wondering how is there still some sort of tension between these two when they moved on.
1: Well, I mean, I got to be honest. I think it's one sided. I don't think LeBron feels that way. You saw LeBron. You guys may have heard he was recently on the road tripping podcast and he talked how it hurt him. You know what Kyrie said about not trusting him for the last shot. And LeBron took the high road. You know, I, I look, do I think LeBron was trying to have Kyrie win MVP awards when he was playing with him? I don't know about all that, you know. (laughs) He might have gone overboard with that. I think LeBron wanted to win those MVP awards, which is fine. But I do think he looked at it like, look, I'm obviously older and I'll be the superstar number one guy right now. But eventually, Kyrie will become the guy. And and as I get older, he'll be the best player. And I'll be that second guy, but we'll still be able to compete for championships. That's kind of how he's looking at it now with Anthony Davis but Kyrie, you know, Kyrie just didn't want to be the second guy. He saw that, you know, LeBron was getting perks as he, you know, best player on the team and all that, and Kyrie wasn't getting those perks necessarily. And so that kind of rubbed him the wrong way. And and I get I'll say this, as, as great as LeBron is, if you are a ball handling point guard, you know, you like to handle the ball, it will be an adjustment. And it can get bothersome at times, you know, because LeBron handles the ball a lot. And Kyrie, so Kyrie had to be off the ball a lot, even sometimes from possession to possession. He didn't know, okay, am I, I'm bringing the ball up? Oh, no, this is LeBron's turn. I'm going off, you know, so that can rub you the wrong way when you're a guy that wants the ball in your hands to run the show. But um, I, I just think that Kyrie, I know he gets mad at the media But everything he's gotten mad at the media about, he said. He said the earth was flat. So how you going to get mad at the media for responding to that? He said, why is Christmas a holiday? You know? I mean, it's just – and then he said he can try to downplay it all he wants. He took a shot at LeBron.
0: So that was definitely about LeBron?
1: Look, if Takiyo – does a a, a podcast a year from now with, you know, uh, Terrell Owens. All right? And they they get on the podcast, and and the first thing he said, he's like, man, I am so glad that now I finally got a podcast partner that knows what he's talking about. Now, he don't have to say your name. (laughs) right, Right? He don't have to say your name, but you know. He's talking about you. So you would be like, yo, man, why you, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I there's there's no way to look at that any other way. Now, I, I can get with this. Was Kyrie trying to show uh, KD some love and really show how much he believes in him, how great he is? Yeah, I'll give you that. Was Kyrie saying, no matter who I had on the team, I always felt like I was the best option, even when LeBron was there. Okay, I could even get with that. But you could have been like, look, Obviously, LeBron hit tons of, you know, late shots and, and was a clutch player. But even then, I still felt like I, I wanted the ball in that situation. I felt like I was the best option, even though he could do it, too. Now I'm looking at it like this is the first time where I'm like, I might not be the best option late. I think people could have lived with that. You know what I mean? Now, some people would have still pushed back a little, but that would have been – that would have made more sense because LeBron, if you look at the numbers, when he played with Kyrie and even his entire career, he's been a lot more clutch than people give him credit for. And he was more clutch than Kyrie during their tenure in Cleveland, even though Kyrie hit that huge shot that won him the championship. So I I, I just think that uh, it's kind of one-sided. I think sometimes Kyrie may not – realize the gravity of some of the things he says. I don't know if he wants to have beef with LeBron, yeah. but he just keeps saying and doing some things that lead to that, you know? And so look, LeBron's taking a high road. I think he's ready to move on. Um, but we'll see if, if Kyrie, you know, he's kind of putting his foot in his mouth.
2: Listen, we you, you mentioned AD and LeBron. So we don't take it to the West coast now. And, You look at the abbreviated season. You look at the the shortness of the fans and you look at the new roster that the Lakers have now. A lot of people question the fact, can they make another run at it with the new roster, more so in particular? And so when you look at it overall, like what do you see some of the challenges may be with this newly assembled team? I personally like the pickups, what they have, especially Schroeder. He used to be an Atlanta Hawk, but I think he really – He's more than – I wouldn't say he's a 1A, but he's definitely a 1B. And with the guidance of guys who are on that team who has that championship ex- experience, they can kind of mold him into what they really need him to be.
1: Well, he's going to be a 3 in L.A., i tell you that. <laughs> he's not going to be a 1B, 1A, 2A, anything. He's going to be a 3. But that's fine. He's a great 3, you know, uh, especially when your top two guys or top five players in the league. I think the Lakers got better. They have to enter the season as the favorite. I think they can win it again. Um, And I think Schroeder, like you said, he's a great addition because he can play on the ball. Like, I think he's going to start with LeBron. And he can play on the ball or off the ball. He showed in Oklahoma City with Chris Paul and Shea Gilders Alexander that he can do either or. And so I think he'll, at times, he'll have the ball in his hands, and LeBron will be able to get off the ball, and that'll take pressure off LeBron. And at times LeBron will be running point, and Schroeder will be, you know, coming off the ball and and, and trying to score. So I think Schroeder is a great pickup. I think he's clearly better than Rondo at this point. The only question is, will he be better than playoff Rondo when they get into the playoffs? Also, Anthony Davis is gonna be much better. Yeah. And I know, I mean, he was great already. But the confidence that he's going to get from having won a championship, having been the man, you know, look, first three games of the finals, he was the finals MVP. Mm -hmm. You know, he kind of, you know, fell off a little after that and LeBron picked it up. But AD was going to be that finals MVP at that point. So I think he's going to come back much better. I think even a Kentavious Caldwell Pope will have more confidence from he hit big shots in the, you know, in the big playoff games. Towards the end. Yeah, he's gonna be better. Um, Mark Gasol is a very high in, high basketball IQ guy. So I think he'll be good. You can run the offense through him, you know, at that elbow. Uh, he can step out and hit the three, and he's a smart defender. Obviously, you got Montrez Harrell, who brings energy and some toughness. The one thing they lost was athleticism at the rim. So losing Javelle McGee and and more importantly, Dwight Howard, they lose something with that. But you even saw at times in the playoffs, they didn't play those guys much. Mm-hmm. So I, look, I think they're going to be better. I think the Clippers will be better. I think the Clippers are still the second best team in the West over Denver. Um, so, but the Lakers have to be the favorite. As long as LeBron doesn't fall off too much, if he only falls off a fraction and is still either the best player in the league or a top 3 player in the league then the lakers got to be the heavy favorites.
0: And you're talking about athleticism at the rim. You once said that the NBA record books should be called the book should be called the biography of Wilt Chamberlain. You got to <laughs> yeah. tell me some more about that, bro.
1: Well, I think he's got if I'm not mistaken he's got 72 records. Think about that. 72 records. I mean, 100 points in a game. We we all know that's never going to be broken. Even with the three-pointer, you know, I mean, nobody's breaking 100 points in a game. Average 50 points in the season. Average 27, 28 rebounds mm. a game in a season. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain is just all over the NBA record books. Now, he only won two titles. And here's what's interesting. He averaged fifty one year. He averaged forty four points another year. Averaged thirty seven, you know, thirty eight several seasons. But when he won his championships, the first championship, he averaged twenty four points a game. I think it was his eighth year or something like that. That was the lowest he had ever scored in in his career up to that point. His second championship, he only averaged fourteen points a game. It shows you like Wilt could have won more rings had he, you know. Played more had and I don't know if it was just him or even the coaches or the team didn't focus on getting everybody involved and just played through Wilt since he was so good. But it shows you that you need to have all of your players involved, five players involved to win championships. Even Wilt Chamberlain couldn't win him, you know, by himself doing all the scoring. Michael Jordan, when he, he all his highest scoring years, 38 30, I mean, 37, I believe, was his highest, uh, 34, you know, 33, all that. He didn't win championships. He he never won it averaging more than 32 points a game. And so um, that's just a little less. I, I bring that up because I'm thinking of James Harden. Like yeah. Harden needs to change, not score quite as much, get other guys more involved in the offense and maybe a be, have a better shot at winning the championship. But, yeah, I mean, Will Chamberlain, man, he's he got records that will never be broken.
2: Mm, Crazy, man. And I know um, I want to tell you this personally. I appreciate the expertise, the knowledge and the insight that you not only feed myself and the Atlanta Hawks, but everybody else. But one thing that I do want to bring to the head is I personally know you a man of faith. You're the founder and president of King Knowledge, Inspiration, Nurture Through God movement. Tell us about that before we let you go.
1: Well, and thanks for bringing that up, to Keo. Um, It's it's really a, a national Christian men's movement or Christian brotherhood. And, and you guys know men and, and women. Women need female bonding and men need male bonding. You know, whether it's fraternities, uh, Masonic lodges or sports. I mean, that's you guys obviously both play, you know, professional sports. That is You know, one of the best things about sports, I played in college. My best friends were my college teammates, you know. So that male bonding, even in gangs, whatever it may be, we all need that. And so what we wanted to do with King was give men male bonding in a Christian context. So you're bonding with men who have the same outlook as you, same worldview, and they're going to kind of encourage you to live up to your biblical principles and Christian beliefs and, and profession. You know, it's not its not even that you, we always gonna be talking about God or whatever. We want, you know, it's guys that have things in common around sports, hip hop, culture, whatever it may be, but we're all trying to live according to our Christian principles. And so that encouragement, that accountability, that brotherhood, helps the men do that because, you know, you got a team of men around the country that are, you know, fighting the good fight of faith along with you. And so, you know, and we also are very concerned about, you know, the African-American community. King is for all men of all races, but we do deal with a lot of issues in the black community. And we know obviously our family structure is one of the areas we got to strengthen. And so we know if men, can become the men that God's created us to be, then we'll be better fathers, husbands, leaders of our families, role models in the community to our children and so on and so forth. So that's an aspect of it too. Um, so that, that's in a nutshell what the King movement is about.
0: Well, Chris, man, we definitely appreciate you stopping by the Behind the Mask podcast. You are an inspiration not only to us on the media side, but to thousands of of young men and women out there that look like us, that aspire to get on this platform like you have done and done such a great job. Um, Salute, brother. We take our hats off. Where can can the people find you at?
1: Well, I'm on Twitter at Chris underscore Broussard or uh, Instagram Chris Broussard 68. I do speaking engagements at churches and colleges and schools and all that. They can go to Chris if they want to book me for any of that. But uh, I appreciate the time with you guys. You've been doing a great job with the podcast. I'm glad to see you on our side in the media now. And uh, (laughs) so uh, keep up the good work, man. And and, uh, I'll be looking forward to more of your episodes.
0: Most most definitely. And last but not least, Spikes. I know you enjoyed this episode because one thing you didn't know is what? Chris is also a Scorpio. Not only that, our birthdays are the same day, October twenty eighth. Really? So, spikes, wow. you are in the presence of greatness, brother. <laughs> I'm in the presence of greatness, the presence Chris. Of greatness baby.
2: <laughs> oh, that's great, man!
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe.